everybody. Welcome to episode 209 of the Bite Me Podcast. I am joined today only by Colby. Say hey, Colby. Woo! Colby claps. He's clapping for you people, but just once. It was the biggest clap you've ever heard, though. I was trying to start a slow clap. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Sorry. Uh, Dylan's off doing some work-related things. I don't know what he's up to, but he was not here, and I don't fault him for that. Like, get the job you can get in this, you know, COVID economy. Uh, Anyway, today we're going to talk about the games that Colby and I have been playing. We're going to talk about some news, a bunch of Xbox news, including if you don't already have one. Sorry, I don't already have one. Colby doesn't already have one. We're screwed. It's a bummer. Uh, MS uh, Microsoft's Bethesda strategy is kind of coming together nicely. They have like a like a I don't want to say a like a theme song, but maybe a catch line. That's probably what we're going to talk about. Uh, Xbox, as as I think I've said, as you've said, is kind of the next gen killer app. Like I don't think Microsoft needs like a launch party because they already had one. Uh, start with Squadrons, a game that they like kind of said like, "No, nah, there's not going to be any DLC. We're just going to launch this game. We're done." Is getting two new free DLCs over the next two months. Uh, Twitch donated a million dollars to Able Gamers, which is cool. Um, on the flip side, Twitch also now allows you to buy your way into affiliate status, which is p- pissing off a lot of people. And I actually kind of want to talk about the the Twitch. DMCA takedown stuff and get your thoughts on it, Cole, because I have thoughts and they might be terrible. I'm not sure. Maybe Apple cuts the amount does pay uh, by half uh, for some, a lot of actually a lot of developers on the app store, which is pretty cool. My guess is that will not be passed on to consumers. Overwatch's new priority pass is actually a really cool way of making all the queues move faster in Overwatch. I think it's kind of a neat idea. And finally, like I like this title a lot. I wrote this very hurriedly, but Ubisoft makes one of their managing directors walk the plank. That's going to get you. You, you cannot turn away from this now. You're like, oh, I've got to listen to at least the first 45 minutes. Uh, we got questions from Vinny, uh, our deacon, Joe Kosla, Aislinn, Aslan, Aslan. That looks like there's an A. I can't read. Aslan the Incompetent, The Dons, Princess Megan, The Big Dog, and Mansox. Then we got some cheap free game stuff from Humble, some from Epic, a little bit of Game Pass news, and then Troll Corner. Man, Tim Sweeney. Like, besides everything else you know about Tim Sweeney, he said... He said this is not a good quote. You're going to enjoy this quote. So you have to stay all the way to the end now to hear the crappy things I say about Tim Sweeney. But first, Colby, there's no one else to tell me about which video game they played. It has to be you. It can okay. only be you. I mean, you could go first. Nope. It has to be you. No. Okay. I played games. I love games. Yeah. It's like we do a podcast about them. Yeah. So I beat Feeding Frenzy. It was, you know... It was like an um, Xbox 360 game. <laughs> it was like an Xbox 360 game that was probably through the arcade, would be my guess. I actually think that game might have at some point in time just come for free with your Xbox. Because I know <laughs> for sure sh- I did not buy it, and I definitely owned it. That would not shock me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed it so much that my kid is forcing me to play Feeding Frenzy 2. How uh, compare and contrast it to is Feeding Frenzy 2 at least a current generation game? No, no, still 360. Bummer. Um, it is more of the same. They're like, <laughs> should, should we like do anything new with this? And they're like, not really. Maybe nope. a little, little bit. Small but, fish uh, eat smaller fish. Big get fish eat big smaller fish. <laughs> yep, that's uh, about it. Um, it's longer. It appears so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the almost... food's terrible and the portions are so small <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm almost done with that one as well Thank god there's not a Feeding Frenzy 3 So, you know um, 
I also played Tetris Effect because it is on Game Pass. The game's dope. I am the minority in this in that I did not really enjoy it. Okay, so I guess, uh, like, break that down. Like, it's Tetris. Do you like Tetris normally? <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I kind of enjoy Tetris. Um, I think there's too much stuff going on on the screen. Yeah. And all of it's interesting, and Tetris is not. It's I and, that w- <laughs> and so like I I oddly got kind of a headache playing it and I think it was because I was trying to like pay attention to Tetris but also look at other stuff. Tetris effect is absolutely like the guitar hero of puzzle games in that you know they they're like man there's there's live audiences and there's you know your bass players over there and we'll show your drummer and we're gonna show all these cool things i'm like yeah but i'm staring at three lines with dots on them i like literally the entire interface of this could be three lines with dots on them and it would be the same game to me yeah. and tetris effect does have that feeling but yeah. like i want to watch someone play tetris effect maybe maybe know. while high i played it for a little bit and i just I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it. Yeah. I, that, that one's the one that has like multiplayer now too, right? Mm-hmm. We should try I, playing it together. I have absolutely no want to play Tetris multiplayer. Come play multiplayer Tetris with me, Cole. <sighs> <No. laughs> um, I started, a, I don't know, like I got, I don't know, some sort of wild hair and um, downloaded Ace Combat 7 as well as Forza 7. Yeah, nice. which in case you're wondering is like 165 gigs uh-huh. worth of you, games. You just hit your data cap. Uh-huh. Um, I played Ace Combat Seven a little bit, and it's fun. Um, I don't know how much I'll play of it. Yeah, because it's like a 30 hour game. Um, my only complaint is is that the missions are kind of long and super uh, confusing. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like it was one of those things that I really expected missions to be like fairly quick and the one I played last night was like 31 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's fun, it's real pretty. Um but I don't know, like I just can't imagine putting 30 hours into that game. Yeah. Um, I played the first mission and was like like first of all I thought it was interesting that that game kind of expects you to kind of know something about like fighter jets and their armament, arm armaments. Yeah, the, the missiles and stuff like, they have. I wish this was explained better to me. Yeah, because I, like I was playing it when my friend Mitch was living with us, and uh, he's like, "Use the flutter missile." I'm like, "How? Why? Why should I use that one?" He's like, "Well, because it's the it's the surface to air missile that, or the you know air to air missile that this plane uses." I'm like, well, "Why doesn't the game tell me that? <laughs> like, yeah. why are you here, and why isn't the game telling me that?" I don't know. I thought it was okay, but yeah, I, I, and, again, I wasn't going to play thirty hours of it. I and that story is great too, though. Yeah, and that's oddly. like the kind of thing. Like, I'll, I'll probably, I might play another couple missions, and if it doesn't like super grab me, which I don't think it will, nah, um, I will probably just move on to maybe Forza Seven. Sure, I download that. My kid really says uh, she likes racing games. I don't know. Uh, you should just play more Forza Four, like or, like Forza I don't Horizons. like those. You don't like Horizons? Not really. Oh, there's something wrong with you. I um, love those games so much. I really, really enjoyed, uh, I think it was Forza 2, I want to say. Yeah. Um, I put a bunch of hours into I remember that. that. Um, like, considered buying a racing wheel, <laughs> hours into that. Um, and, like, I liked Horizons 3 a bit. 
Um, I did not like Horizons Four. That's a that's just a bad opinion. Yeah, it's okay. Um, then I started. I only played it for like an hour, but I started Unravel last night. Um, that's cute. You know, super little, cute. Little yarn dude. It's a game. It's actually his name, Yarny. It's a it's a game that I, I am. Yarny was the the guy. Oh no, it's Sackboy. Yeah, yeah. Unravel's one of those games that I'm disappointed I didn't beat because I'm like three quarters of the way through it and I just kind of like something else came out shiny. Um, yeah. That's that's now in Game Pass because EA Access is in Game yeah. Pass. So I will say, and maybe I'm wrong on this because I don't know. Like maybe it's just my weird opinion. It feels like a game that will be too long. Because it is six to eight hours, and that game feels like it should be like four to five for me. It probably would have been better if it was four to five, yeah. and I'm kind of wondering if that's why I fell off of it, is I just got to... And it is it is one of those games, too, that gets like progressively more complicated. Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how... I, like, I started playing this, I'm like, oh, this is fun. And I'm like, how long is this? I'm like, ooh, six to eight hours seems yeah. like... If you hit that like eight-hour mark in that game, like that seems like it is yeah. going to be too long, but maybe I'm wrong. The puzzles get complicated too, like not unsolvably complicated, but like, and that's probably why I couldn't go back and play it because it's kind of one of those games you where you have to, to get kind maintain, of in the groove yeah. of of it. So I'd probably have to start over. I should probably just play Unravel Two, which is also in Game Pass, Game Pass and is yeah. multiplayer too. I think. So yeah. I don't know. It was like my kid was like, "Let's play that game," and I'm like, "Okay." And I think the other problem being is like i wanted to play it but maybe not necessarily at this point in time and so i'll probably i'll probably beat it but we'll see um the game that i put the most time into though was sundered which did i talk i don't i think you talked about it a little bit just because i've heard about it but then i just watched the video of it and i don't remember watching the video before and this game is like shockingly gorgeous it's hand-drawn yeah and it looks like it looks like it that's what i was thinking it looks it reminds me of like I don't know if Dragon's Lair was like a Metroidvania. Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a hand-drawn Metroidvania that is fun as hell. Yeah. Um like I I normally I don't go like back to back like oh I just played a Metroidvania game yeah, yeah, time yeah. to play another one but like I I don't know if I didn't realize this was a Metroidvania or what it was but I started playing it and I'm like oh damn this is good like yeah. it feels good. Um like, it feels very, very polished, like the movement and stuff, and you really need that in a Metroidvania. Um, and it just feels really good. It's like just the right difficulty where it's kind of hard. Yeah. But like, not quite hard enough where, I mean, like, there was a couple times where I got kind of like bosses can be kind of hard, but, uh, it's it's really good and it's pretty and I am having a real good time. I'm on the last boss now. Nice. So I should beat it pretty soon, but man is it good. Um it's only twenty bucks and if you like you know, I, I know I said this last week, but <laughs> if you like Metroidvanias, pick it up because I I don't think I'd ever heard of it before. Mm-mm. And it's good. That's it's awesome. really good. Very I got cool. it for I got it on sale for like six bucks. So, yeah, it looks it looks really good. It looks really good. Yeah, I am going to have to check yeah, it out. Throw it on I'm your trying, wish list. And... I'm trying to, but I can't figure out how to add something to my wish list anymore. Like the wish list feature of like Xbox from their website is just terrible. Yeah, it's very I've frustrating. Only, I've only ever done it through uh, through their the, the actual yeah. yeah on the Xbox. Oh, interesting. The company that made this is the same company that made Spiritfarer. It looks like, oh. 
which is a very very different game <laughs> they also made that jotun the valhalla like norse mythology oh, based yeah, yeah, game yeah, yeah that's an interesting set of games to have made mm -hmm. um i actually played i don't know if i talked about it i actually played a little bit of spirit fair um like probably two or three weeks ago it's pretty good yeah um, it's a little slow like you have yeah. to be in a real like i don't care where i'm going kind of mood to to play that game but it was fun uh, let's see. What did I play this week? I played uh, Colby's recommendation, the Mummy Demastered. He bought Woo! it for me for my birthday, and I played um, maybe a half hour of it. I I just kind of booted it up last night. It is it is probably the most like SNES feeling uh -huh. game I have ever played. If someone told me, "No, this is an SNES game, and you're playing it in an emulator," I would have said, "Ah, that makes sense." Um, but feels really good. Yeah, but like not in a negative way. Yeah, but just no, in a no. very like. But I've played like sixteen bit like you know throwback yeah. games where like they didn't feel quite right um, because like sixteen bit games didn't necessarily always handle nah really great. Yeah, and they like try to emulate that, and I'm like, no, no, we can we can do this better now. Like, don't do that. Yeah. And this it to me that one felt very good. Yeah, and it's got that very, like, you You have definitely the, like, this is not a free shooting game. Like, you shoot on, like, what, 20 degree angles probably? Mm -hmm. Probably 22 degree angles, I guess. Uh, and so you have to, like, place your body in very specific places to hit the enemies. Um, the bad guys move very quickly. Um, and you take a lot of damage very quickly. But also at the same time... Um, like almost every one you shoot drops health. So. Well, and, and they also have like the Metroid thing where things like you'll get into certain rooms where like uh, you've got the like never ending bad guys that like yeah, yeah. pop up and fly towards you. Yeah. And you can just sit, like farm those to regain health. Yeah. Yeah. And there's save points everywhere. But I really I like the layout of it. I like how the mini map works. Um, I, like I said, I haven't gotten super far into it, but so far it feels great. It's fun. And. And the more like powers you get in that game, the better it feels. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I would say to get a map. Um, like there's several available online, oh, just sure. so you know where like certain things are. Because I was having a real hard time, and I realized like like oh, I only have like five health vial things uh, when I sure. could right now have like eight uh, um, sure. kind of things. And so you you sometimes miss those because they're almost all hidden except for the ones they want you to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it, once you get like powerful in that game, like some of the power ups, it feels real good. Yeah, it's super fun. I'm really enjoying it. So yeah. it's definitely the best thing that have come out of that mummy. Movie. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Uh, the other game I played was, uh, I played a game called Raji and ancient epic and I will disclose that they actually gave me a copy of it for review. Um, it's really like, I've talked about it a couple times in this podcast because I played the demo a handful of months ago and I really, really want to like this game. Um, it's, it's. If you've played any of the like Tomb Raider isometric games, it looks kind of like that. It's shockingly gorgeous. I mean, it's just beautifully done, and it's really interesting because it's set um, like the setting of it. You are a, a circus performer who takes care of your brother. I assume like your parents died. I don't recall offhand, and your brother gets kidnapped by demons, and the entire thing is set in. Um, I don't want to say, like, Indian mythology because, like, it is also the, I mean, like, it's their current mythology. Like, you can say, like, Greek mythology because I don't think there's a lot of people that are like, Zeus, he's hanging around. But, like, it's it's literally the people uh, that... It's it's based on Indian religion? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know if that really... 
like unfortunately for like a Western audience, I don't know if people know what that means, but I mean, like, um, the 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 Indian gods that you are used to seeing in very like stereotypically awful ways in Western culture, you know, people with you know six hands and all that stuff, like those are actually characters to some degree in this game, um, and they the demons that take your 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 brother are you know demons that would have been part of of Indian religion, and the entire thing is set in like these gorgeous Indian ruins. Um, and, you know, the story is kind of told of you, like, learning a lot about the history of these Indian gods and how they interact with each other. And you'll, you'll you know, come upon these beautiful mosaics and they'll, like, tell a little bit of a story about, about uh, you know, who they are and how they fought each other and, and you know, their conflicts and, and what they did. It's really, really, really interesting. Um, and, like, I almost kind of wish it was a little bit, like, a little more walking sim and a little less, like, also a, like, very heavy combat game. And and the only complaint I the only complaint I have about the game is the combat. And the combat's interesting because you'll walk into an area and then the area will like like a like a ring of fire appears around the area and locks you in in that area until you kill the bad guys. And sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three waves. And so, so that's how Sundered is. Sundered yeah. doesn't have like video, like doesn't have bad guys walking around. Yeah. It's all hordes. Um, yeah. So you just you can go for a little bit, and all of a sudden it's here's a horde. Yeah, and sometimes you do get like blocked off, and it's and it's it's a game that has a lot of it. It's probably not that the game's too hard. It's probably that it's just not the kind of game that I'm good at. Um, it's a lot of like if you run up this column and backflip off of it and hit these two buttons at the same time, you'll do this awesome power move. And if you run up to this column and hit this button, you'll spin around it and you'll shock everyone around you. And there's like all, I mean, there's just, there's probably 10 special moves that you can do that you can combine into other things. And I'm just not like that good of a a gamer like that to do it. And also like, I don't, I don't know what I've done to my hands. Um, but like over the last year, I don't know if it's just like I type too much and, you know, it's like some sort of weird carpal tunnel or I game too much and it's whatever. But games that require me to do a lot of like hold this button or pull this trigger and do other things make my uh, my hands just hurt really badly. And so it's a game that I can only play for like an hour at a time. Um, and it was it's really it's frustrating for me personally to like play a game for a half hour and only get through like three or four, (laughs) you know, of these groups. And so it's a game I'm going to keep playing because I love the story of it. If you have any interest, like I said, in um, like uh, Indian history or Indian religion or uh, just, you know, religions that you're not familiar with, it's a really cool game to play because it's, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever consumed any media that has ever given me this breakdown into uh, their culture. Like the only reason I know anything about it is because I've, over the years have worked with a number of people like from India. And so they've, uh, I've learned stuff from them because of that, about some of their culture and some of their, you know, festivals and that kind of stuff. But this was a really, a really interesting way to do it. And like I said, I, I wish it was maybe a little less combat heavy and a little more like, Hey, I'm on a quest to solve my brother or you know, find my brother. Or like maybe if the combat was, I don't know, turn-based or something, or maybe just freaking easier. Like maybe if they could just have an easy mode, like if I just have more health, please, um, but I'm really, really enjoying it. So I just, I need to get past like the fact that I suck at it. Um, and, and it, you know, it could just be even something too, like, I don't know 
I've played games like this before. And they're like, well, are you blocking? And I'm like, well, no. Is there even a block button? <laughs> and, you know, it could be something stupid like that, too. And it's also the kind of game that, like, the special moves fall out of my head real fast, which is unfortunate. It's kind of the same problem I had with Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man seems like a real cool game, and I'm sure if you're one of those people that's like, well, if you do this, you do this, and if you do this, you do this, and if you do this other thing, you do this other thing. And I got to the first boss in Spider-Man, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just hitting A all the time, and nothing's working. So, whatever. Uh, finally, we're going to talk about Planet Coaster, and I could talk about Planet Coaster for like an hour. Um, do it. I probably won't, but maybe. Uh, Planet Coaster is a game I have been... like. I, so I guess first things first. I've owned this game on the PC since 2016, I think. Bought it for $60 for my birthday and have booted it up like once and said, oh, this game looks interesting, and then never played it. Um, and so when it was coming out on... The, the console, I've been looking forward to buying this game for six months. And then it dropped into Game Pass, so I didn't have to. And I was very excited about that. So um, my wife and I sat down and we were going to play it this weekend. Um, we started at like 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. And played for like two hours and then like ate some breakfast and then played for like nine hours more. And you would think for a game that I sat down and played for... Uh, like 11 hours in a day, I would go, oh my God, it's the bestest game I've ever played. But that's not exactly what I'm going to say. Um, I guess if you're unfamiliar with what a Planet Coaster-like game is, there's there's multiple modes. There's a there's like story modes or challenge modes where they're like, hey, here's a park. You need to make sure that it um, you know, makes this amount of money in the next year. And you do that by, you know, balancing how much the ride costs and making sure rides don't break and, you know, managing the people that work in the park and building new rides and taking out old rides, that kind of thing. And I never want to play that game ever. Like, I have zero interest in, like, theme park sim management. Like, what I want to do is give me a giant empty space and an unlimited amount of money and I'm going to build a park. And being a giant Disney nerd, the first park I'm always going to build, or any park I'm going to build, is probably going to be themed after... It's probably either... going to be Santa's Village from in Illinois. I was actually telling uh, Brooke about Santa's Village this weekend. Mm. I'm like, it was, it's exactly like Lagoon, which is another thing that means nothing to anyone unless you happen to live in Utah or one of the surrounding states. So, so Lagoon's like... Like, if Disneyland is the top of, like theme park land right and then like universal's probably kind of up there with it and then like six flags six flags probably sits right underneath that and, and then, then you've like got carnivals are well below. no and then underneath that you have like the kind of like midwestern um like kind of weird off-brand theme parks like the cedar point and the um there's one in cleveland like they're they're i think some of them are like hey they are six flags or they used to be six flags like they're still really big though like they still have their own rides and then you get down to these like kind of weird regional parks uh, and that's what lagoon is like lagoon's huge in utah like everyone goes is. to lagoon it's where fun is um but like it's big enough also that it pulls in people from other states like people come from idaho people come from montana to go to lagoon um there's one in idaho actually called like silverton i believe that's kind of the same thing that they're just these big regional parks and people come go from seattle and drive over to silverton um and then like underneath that there's like weird like hyper regional theme parks and santa's village is definitely one of those and they kind of popped up a lot in the like 70s and then like a handful of them stayed in business there's one not too far from here and i don't even know what it's called like enchanted 
the Enchanted Village or something like that. So either way, there's your history of theme parks. So if I'm going to build a theme park, it's going to be it's going to be a Disneyland. It's going to be a if not Disneyland specifically, because you can't like these things. This doesn't come with a haunted mansion and a Star Tours and a Space Mountain. But it's going to be like, hey, I'm going to have like Cowboy Land, and that's going to be like Adventureland, and I'm going to have. Um, you know, like a fantasy land where all the, the fantasy land rides are. And I'm going to have, you know, there's going to be a central hub. It's going to go out from there. And so I started building this monster Disneyland and I'd gotten through, like I had my, my kind of entryway and there was a main street. There wasn't anything on it. I had my giant castle because there was a giant castle. And then I'd started building up my fantasy land. Super happy with it, adding all these different rides. And I'd started kind of building into my like kind of frontier land critter country part of it. And they're like, okay, cool. Hey, congratulations. You hit 100% on the Osmond Bloidode scale. And I'm like, cool. What's that? And they're like, well, that's the amount of RAM your console has. <laughs> and I said, excuse me, what? I'm like, why did you give me this massive monster, huge empty space for me to build in and then only like have enough whatever for me to hit like... 15% of that they're like sorry that's just how it goes and I'm like well what can I do they're like well if you had a series x you could buy you could build almost twice as much I'm like so I could fill up like 35% of this giant massive empty space you gave me they're like yep and so I spent like six hours building a park that I couldn't do anything more in it was just full why don't they have it where like separate areas load separately? Does that make sense? Right, and that's what my thought was: is if I can only build these super small parks, why isn't there a way for me to say I'm going to build Fantasyland and Fantasyland's going to be dope, and then I'm going to put a door, and then that door leads to my my Frontierland, and that Frontierland's going to be dope, and then I'm going to build my you know whatever, and then link them all together with loading screens. Like, I'm fine if there's loading screens, yeah. and I guess. Like, I could do that manually, but that's not really, that's not exactly what I want. I want it to, I want to be able to give this park to someone and say, like, holy crap, go go to my Disneyland. And they would be able to load screen between all of them. And I found it just, I was, I got to that and I figured out what they were talking about. Because that, that, that counter doesn't hit like it doesn't turn on until you get to like 75% full and at 75% full. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I thought it meant that my ride queues were 75% full and that I needed to build more rides because people were getting mad that, that there wasn't enough like rides for them to ride. Cause I had a bunch of rides and people loved them. There was 4,000 people in my park. And, and then I like was really disappointed when I found out I couldn't do it. So I'm like, okay, well maybe I could just make it like the scale smaller. Like I'll delete a bunch of things and I'll like bring it all in closer and I can build something else. And I started deleting stuff and the game crashed. I'm like, okay. So I loaded it back in and it was at the point where it was before I started deleting things. I'm like, son of a, so I, I deleted a bunch of things and my game crashed again. And I'm like, come on. And so I just started a new one and I built, I built a, a, a land that I was happy with. Like it was, it was significantly smaller and it was fun, but like, I'm done now. Like I could maybe spend like another hour or two, like, like customizing that I've got, you know, 30% left until I hit that hundred percent again. So like, you know, I could, I could do a little more decoration, but it's, it's really limiting. And yeah, I can play this on my computer and probably not have those limits. I could probably build Disneyland on my computer, but 
I don't want to. I want to play it on my console. Um, so, so good news is, is that it's fun. Like you can make a cool park. I enjoyed what I did. I actually posted uh, some screenshots of what I did on Twitter, and I, I liked it. And it was it was fun. It's cool to theme things. It's cool to, you know, get rides going. It, it's whatever. Um, I'm really glad I didn't pay fifty dollars for it though. Um, because I would be pissed. I would be incredibly upset if I'd paid $50 for a game that, like, just I can't build the park I want to, and I think that was really disappointing. So, I don't know. Planet Coaster, It's it was worth me playing 11 hours of this weekend, but ultimately kind of... Kind of disappointing, and I wish I could I wish I could do it more. So, whatever. All right, Cole, you ready to talk about Patreon? Woo! <laughs> You can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. You can give us a little bit of cheddar. Keep uh, the lights on. Like, not like literally. actual cheddar? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I like cheese. Do you like cheese? Yeah, not, you know, necessarily cheddar. No, no, I yeah. Mean, I I'm, like cheddar, but I mean, cheddar's I great buy f- my own and it's pretty cheap. Like, if you're going to buy me, you know, cheese, maybe something that I don't just have in my fridge That's on fair. a normal That's basis. Fair. I started buying cheese at Costco. Um, and it is shockingly inexpensive there. I, you know, just in case you're wondering. Um, no, so not literally. You cannot actually give us actual cheese via via Patreon. You ha- you would have to give us money and then specify that it was only to be used to buy cheese, um, which is going to be a bummer because I actually have to like pay for a website and uh, pay for the the software that Colby and I are talking on right now. What if you bought cheese with the Patreon money and then resold that cheese? to purchase Squadcast. Do you know what that would make me, Colby? Cheesemonger? A cheesemonger. And that is actually pretty exciting. So maybe I'll consider doing that. I'll, I'll become a monger of cheeses. Uh, anyway, thank you to Austin Palmer, John Tippins, Sean Palmer, and... Oh, shoot. These got out of order. I'm just going to thank everyone, Cole, because these are all screwed up. Thank you, Alan okay. Schulte. Thank you, Austin Palmer. Thank you, John Tippins. Thank you, Sean Palmer. Hans... Tippins is such a last uh, awesome last name. It is really good, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, there's my dog. Anyway, thanks to Hans Adelman, Tim Brannon, Megan Phillips, Polly Nerdick, Shad. Shout outs to all you guys for donating to us. And uh, like I said, you know, it helps us offset the costs of running a podcast. We appreciate you all. You're fantastic people. Uh, Except Tim. Except, nah, Tim's still a pretty good guy. He did stab you on your birthday. He did stab. I mean, not literally. It was in their Discord, which you can get at to uh, if you go to bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. Anyway. Segway. Thank you. Colby, say it. News. Ah, yes. News. So, uh, first off, I don't have an Xbox. I mean, you have an Xbox. I do have an Xbox. I do not have the Xbox Series X that I covet. I covet it, Colby. Like, I... And breaking a commandment, I believe. I'm pretty sure. By going to hell. Uh, probably two, actually, because I covet what my neighbor has. And also, I would be willing to raise my Series X as a fault idol. Um, we just lost listeners, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, well. Um, anyway, I, I want one. I can't have one. Um, there's supposed to be some more available tomorrow at noon. I am not in any way believing that I will get one of those. Uh, speaking at... A conference that sounds like it's made up. The Jeffrey's Interactive Entertainment Virtual Conference. Uh, Microsoft CFO Tim Stewart said the following. I think 
we will continue to see supply shortages as we head into the post-holiday quarter. This is where it gets really confusing. Like before I knew anything about business, I just figured the first quarter was always the first quarter, right? Quarter one is you know, January through March. It is not work that way. I don't understand why it makes no sense to me. Anyway, I think we'll see it continue. Ooh, I think we'll continue to see supply shortages as we head into the post-holiday quarter. So Microsoft's Q3 calendar Q1, the period ending March 31st, 2021, said Stewart. Anyway, and then when we get to Microsoft's Q4, April, June, 2021, all of our supply chains continue to go full speed heading into this kind of pre-summer months. Anyway, what that actually means is, is it's going to be almost impossible to buy a Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S until like April or June of next year. It's not too bad. It's, I mean, Colby, I covet it. I know. I would stab you, like not anywhere important, but like in like the meaty flesh of your forearm for one. Like the end of Scream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know when like in a movie they're like, no, nah, just shoot him in the shoulder because like that's just like a flesh wound. I guess those people don't have collarbones and stuff. I've never figured out how that they works. They don't have brachial arteries. Yeah, I'm like, it seems like there's a lot of stuff right there that would like, be important. shoot him in the leg. I'm like, you know, like, there's the femoral artery. That's it's like a, a, big one. a big one. It's important, like, too, yeah. Anyway, like, I'd shoot you in the, the hand. I thought you were going to go with head. I'm like, <laughs> kind of need that. I probably would not shoot you or stab you anywhere, Cole, but I really want one, and I don't want to wait until April. That's what I'm saying, man. So I'll keep refreshing that Xbox All Access webpage every single day and continue there, to be disappointed. At my work, there was uh, someone who had a box out uh, on their like front door that was the day after um, PlayStations had been yeah, yeah, yeah. released that had a giant like battery warning on <laughs> the box. I'm like, I don't think I would have left that out there. It was a it was a pretty tall, skinny not skinny box, but yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Something that like a game console came in. So I, I couldn't uh, couldn't get my Xbox. So I, I'm, I'm upgrading my computer, not necessarily because I want to game more on it, but just because I work on it every day now. And so like my five year old computer is a little little ragged around the edges. Uh, needs a little little more RAM, a little more stuff. And today I'm watching the the guy deliver my like you know three hundred and fifty dollar processor that he like walks up to my porch and just kind of tosses it onto the cement. I'm like. Well, I, yes, I guess that is in a padded envelope, sir, but <laughs> whatever. Anyway, I want a, I want an Xbox. I'm never getting one. It's all right. I mean, you probably will. I will absolutely get one. I, I actually will probably get one before April. I I I have I have the faith. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking that like if I can just buy one, even if it's not in the Xbox All Access program, I might just buy one and then sell my my series to X me. to you. Do you take credit cards? Sure. Cause that's the only <laughs> way I'm getting one. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out. Uh, all right. So, uh, Bethesda, we've talked a lot about Microsoft's kind of acquisition of Bethesda, and there's been a lot of back and forth on, you know, whether or not they will be platform exclusive games. You know, am I going to be able to get the Elder Scrolls six on the PlayStation? Am I going to be able to get, the next doom on the the PlayStation, so on and so forth. And so what, uh, what their new kind of like tagline is, and I thought this was kind of interesting is that I'm looking at the wrong, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I'm trying to find the stuff that I That's want. That's a weird tagline. It is. I closed the wrong thing. All right. 
So their new tagline is that Bethesda games will be first or better or best on Xbox consoles when they were released. And I think that's kind of an interesting way of putting it. So they're not saying that... (laughs) Isn't that the, like, DNC's tagline? Wasn't it, like, be better best or something? Could be. Could be. That's fine. Um, And and so essentially what they're saying is is that they're not going to be necessarily platform exclusive. Um but they might be platform exclusive for a little while, or they may have features on the Xbox that make them the best place to play it, whether that is they run better. I mean, like, I don't think they're going to like, you know, <laughs> they're like, well, we, we put a limiter in. If you're on the PS5, sorry, you actually get eight frames a second less all the time. It's just limited eight frames a second less. I don't think it's going to do that, but they are going to know how they're going to know every trick to getting the game to run on the Xbox as best as they can. And so you're going to have that kind of inside baseball where it's going to run. You're never going to see a, a Bethesda game that they come out and they're like, yeah, PS5 version just runs a little bit better. Like it's always going to run better on the Xbox just because they have access to, you know, I mean, they can call it the guy who makes it and say, how does this work exactly? Um, and so I think that's kind of an interesting, interesting philosophy, first or better or best. Interesting. Whatever, call it's fine. It was build back better. Was the see thing. different? Absolutely different. All right. The the uh, the the thing I was reading before, where I was trying to find out what the thing was, and it was never going to find it because I was looking at the wrong page. Is uh, we talked a lot about um, does the Xbox need a killer launch lineup? Does the Xbox need like is is the Xbox going to be fine without Halo Infinite? Um, and I, I think the fact that they've sold about a bajillion of these things, well, maybe not, who knows what the number is. They have sold more Xbox series X and series S's than any other launch that Xbox has ever done. So I don't, I don't know if that's 10 or 10 million, but it's probably somewhere, somewhere in between those two. They're, they're doing just fine without a, without a launch title. And a really interesting statistic that has come out is that 70% of Xbox Series X and Series S owners have Game Pass. And that's either they came to the platform <clears throat> with it or they've bought it since they bought that system. So I've said it before, Colby said it before, Xbox Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. Now that EA Access in it, it's an even better uh-huh. deal. <laughs> like, I mean, they dropped, I don't even know how many games that is, 40, 50? Probably, yeah. You know, and and they didn't charge you a cent more for it. Um, the entire Bethesda catalog, the entire, well, I mean, the entire ZeniMax catalog is going to be in there. Um, you cannot get a better deal than Game Pass. And 70% of people realizing that kind of tells me that uh, that Xbox knows what they're doing. Like, I think it's going to be just fine. Um, interestingly enough, the 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 one thing that I did see, too, is that they've actually sold more Series S's than they have Series X's, which I think is interesting. I kind of wonder if what you're seeing is a lot of people... I mean, like, I'm hazarding a guess. But I wonder if there's a lot of people who bought a PlayStation 5 and then didn't want to go all the way to the Series X and bought a Series S, which... Maybe not this generation, but that could really swing next generation. People get in there, get all that Game Pass goodness, realize that, you know, like, hey, I'm not buying a $70 game every month to, to make up for it. That could really swing the next generation into Xbox's favor if they continue to be doing the things that they are doing. All right. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons. This is a 
this game's kind of a conundrum to me because they kind of came out and they're like, hey, we're just launching a game. It's going to be, what, $40? It, yeah. It's not going to have DLC. It's not going to have content. It's not a live game. It's not software as a service. And then, like, I think last month they're like, oh, but hey, here's this little thing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, it was it was some little, like, toys you can put on your dashboard. It was like a, you know, a baby Yoda. It was some Mandalorian stuff. I'm like, okay, that's cute. Like, you know, it's not really new stuff, but... Uh, but, you know, it's it's new stuff. And then uh, they announced that there's going to be new content coming out November 25th. And this isn't like, you know, this isn't little trinkets. This is literally an entirely new map. And granted, it is a map from the single-player campaign that was never in the multiplayer campaign. But they, they reworked it. They've made it multiplayer, you know, made a bunch of multiplayer-specific changes to it. It's called Foster's Haven. It'll be out November 25th. So free coming, you know, coming out. Then uh, coming in December... They're going to put two new ships in it, uh, the B-Wing, which is, I don't want to say the B-Wing is my favorite ship from Star Wars, but I always thought the B-Wings are really cool looking. Um, is it is it Rogue Squadron that has the really cool B-Wing scene, or is that, or is it, no, it's the it's, it's a, episode seven, isn't it? It's, uh, no. Episode it's, eight? Um, yes. Yeah. It's where first, where yeah. They, they get stuck. They're, bom- and, doing, they're doing the bombing run. Yeah. Like, I thought that was such a cool... Such a cool scene. So they're gonna they're gonna add the the B wings into it. And they're also gonna add the tie defenders, which if you can't picture that in your head, um, it's like it's a dark. it's the defender or no? Okay, I'm thinking it's like the three winged one. So it's like um, I think it's from the new movies. Honestly, it looks kind of well, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not enough yeah. of a Star Wars nerd to say, but it's got like three sets of wings. Um, like I don't know. It's like yeah. it's cool looking. So the tie defender will get it added in. Are the Y wings in there? You know, I don't know. I haven't bought it yet. Um, I keep thinking like this is one of those weird game conundrums for me. Is I really want to play this game. Um, I don't have any interest at all in playing the multiplayer. Like I'm never gonna go like dogfight with other people because I'm probably already behind the curve on that. Everyone's already better than I am. Um, but I kind of want to play the single player. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I'll just buy it on the Xbox. Like, it's been on sale on the Xbox. Like, I could use my rewards points. Like, I didn't have to buy Planet Coaster, so I can I can buy that. And then I'm like, yeah, but if I buy it on the PC, I can play it in VR, yeah. and that sounds pretty cool too. But I know if I buy it on the PC, I won't play it very much. So yeah. I don't know, man. And I'd have to pay actual cash money for it. So I should probably just buy it on the the Xbox and go. Hey, this is fun, and I enjoyed it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh. Check out Squadrons, though, man. It's a, it's a pretty good deal for 40 bucks to have some free content coming your way. It's on sale right now, too. It's like 35 bucks. Ah, maybe I should just do it. Maybe I should just do it. Though that might just be what it's always on sale for because of the EA. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, if you have EA Access. Now, how does that work? I don't know. Do you but still get 10% been, off games? It's been 35 bucks for three weeks now, I want to say. And so I'm wondering if I'm just seeing the the discounted price. I never thought about that. So I know you do get to do like the game preview stuff. So if, if you're a member of EA access previous to it, getting into game pot bass, you'd get, I don't know, like five or 10 hours of game time. And sometimes it was kind of limited to where you could play. Um, but you also got 10% off all EA games. I wonder if you still get 10% off. all. Well, no, that actually you do. Cause you get 10% off all games you buy from game, game pass. pass. Yeah. So you would get 10% off of it. The mystery has been solved. Good deal. So that's actually a pretty good deal. It'll only be like 35, 36. I might just do it. Pull the trigger. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about Twitch for a little while now. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, I guess. So the good of Twitch, 
Um, if are you familiar with Able Gamers at all, Call? I no. Okay, so Able Gamers is a charity started in I want to say two thousand four. Yeah, um, by a guy named Mark, Mark Bartlett and uh, Stephanie Walker. And so Stephanie Walker uh, has MS and started having a hard time playing games with a mouse. And so what Able Gamers is dedicated to is um, helping people that have uh, some form of disability to still be able to play video games and enjoy their hobby. And so like they were the charity that like, they're not a charity. I mean, I guess they're probably like a nonprofit. So um, are who Microsoft went to when they're like, Hey, we've got this adaptive controller. Can you help us figure out, you know, tell us what your needs are. And we want to build hardware around that. Does, does Steven Spawn have something to do Steven with that? Steven Spawn or... is their chief operating officer. Okay, yeah. Then I, I have heard of it, so I'm like, it sounds familiar, yeah. and I follow him on Twitter. Man, if so. you don't if you don't follow Steven Spawn on Twitter, like that dude is absolutely incredible. Um he has extremely limited movement in his hands, and so he plays Fortnite um with a hat with like a reflective bit on it that goes to a camera to control his his movement and he like doesn't have a huge amount of head movement either um and he's amazing at it like he is significantly better than i would ever be playing fortnite playing with like a reflective hat it's absolutely incredible super cool guy really positive um puts just a lot of cool things out in the universe so go follow and follow steven spawn um but the able gamers charity is something worth following too so anyway Exactly. We're, go- we're getting to Steven Spawn. He wanted to raise a million dollars for Able Gamers for his 40th birthday. So yep. he kind of got in there, started doing stuff. He was at like $150,000. And um, Dr. Lupo, who is a- another Twitch celebrity kind of guy, dropped in. And he's like, hey, I just wanted you to know that Twitch is donating a million dollars to... Uh, to able gamers and he was it was it was a cool video to watch you should go watch the video because um, he's just speechless he can't can't believe what happens and he posted after that you know that million dollars is going to change the lives of thousands of people because there are just so many folks who want to play games and don't have the right hardware don't have the right stuff and, and a lot of it is very like that's the cool thing about that adaptive controller is that it's not just a controller it's a controller that you can plug all sorts of things into um you know there's there's pressure plates you can plug into it there's um all sorts of really cool things that you can do that make it so that everyone can enjoy games i just think that's such a I think that inclusion is really, really neat. So go go follow Steven Spawn on Twitter. Cool dude. Go follow Able Gamers on Twitter. Super cool uh, nonprofit. And, uh, like, you know, good for Twitch. Um, like, you can say a lot of a lot of terrible things about Twitch um, and probably even more terrible things about Amazon, who owns Twitch. Um, and, you know, a million dollars is, like, what, you know, Jeff Bezos finds in his couch. So... You know, whatever. Um, it's still a, a cool thing to do. Um, so we'll talk about some of the not so cool things that Twitch is also doing. <laughs> um, and maybe uh, that, that million dollars has been kind of seen as maybe a, a way to distract from the community of <laughs> the terrible things they're doing. I will not make that judgment. Uh, first thing that they are doing is you can now actually kind of buy your way into being a Twitch affiliate. So if you're not super into the... I don't know, meta of Twitch. Twitchiverse? Yeah, I guess. Um, when you're watching someone streaming on Twitch, there's like kind of three levels of, of Twitch streaming. There is, hey, I just have an account 
and you can watch me stream. There's Hey, I'm an affiliate, which means that you can um, like tip me. You can give me bits. You can sub me, and I get a little bit of money. And then there's a level above that that I don't remember what it's called, but it's it's the bigger one, and they get more things, right? And so to become an affiliate, like... People were really pissed off about this because like, oh, I worked so hard to become an affiliate. And I'm like, I spent a solid week becoming an affiliate. And it wasn't really that hard because I have a extremely small amount of friends. Like the the, the big hurdle you have to do to become an affiliate is you've got to find 50 people to like your, your Twitch channel. So I'm out. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is we've had a number of people come into our discord. They're like, hey, I want to get affiliate. I'm like, cool. I can send 20 people your way that will happily like your your thing. So it's it's not it's not crazy to get 50. Like you can, you can game your way to 50 and then you have to stream. I want to say like 500 total minutes and then average three concurrent views viewers streaming on seven different days. So like getting three viewers, like when one of them is your own cell phone and one of them is your wife watching on a laptop and one of them is a friend of yours, isn't super hard either. So like I'm not saying that people didn't work to get affiliate. I'm saying you don't have to work to get affiliate. Um, and I mean, like, literally, if you want to become an affiliate and you want to come hang out in our Discord, we can we can probably help you out. Like, it's not the first time we've done it. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Bite me as an affiliate. We did not. It was not a challenge to get there. <laughs> so people are up in arms because you can uh, now subscribe to... A, uh, a music library called Monster Cat. It's five bucks a month. And if you subscribe to Monster Cat, you not only get access to their music for your streams, but you also just become an affiliate. So it's not free. It's going to cost you like 60 bucks a year to become an affiliate. I would say the average Twitch affiliate would probably have a hard time making five bucks a month <laughs> to offset that. I'm sure there are Twitch affiliates that make good money, but. It's probably more like being an affiliate is probably better for the small amount of prestige and like you get some, you get your own like custom emotes and stuff. So do I think that Twitch people are overreacting? Like this, this honestly feels to me kind of like the, you know, we can't get rid of college debt because I work so hard to pay off my college debt. Like it's, it's not this like Twitch affiliate is not. It's not college debt. I guarantee you it's not college debt. So I don't know, whatever. Um, but kind of the the other side of this is they're tying it to this Monster Cat music label. Um, and so if, if you're paying attention to Twitch at all, like one of the big things they did probably in the last two or three weeks is they started issuing DMCA takedown requests to um, folks who had streamed music on their streams and kept the videos. So um, a DMCA takedown request is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And essentially that allows creators of music to say, hey, they're using my music illegally. They did not pay for this. Take it down. Um, it's the same reason that it's really hard to post music to uh, YouTube. It's the same reason it's really hard to post music to Facebook. It's the reason that I don't understand how TikTok exists. Um, I, and I'm not the only one. Who's, <laughs> I think the answer is they're based in China, <laughs> but they're not anymore. They are, uh, but do, aren't they owned? By, oh, they're. Based. I don't think they're that. Owned I don't by like Oracle or. I don't something. know if that ever really happened or if it has happened yet. So, 
either way, I don't understand it, but like, I, I'm very, I'm a person of two minds. Like, I think our current system of copyright in the United States is a giant ball of bullshit. Um, like it's, it's shockingly broken. Um, copyright and patents in the United States are ridiculous and stupid. Like we could do an entire podcast about how stupid the copyright system is in the United States. But at the same time, it's like, it's what you've got. And so you kind of have to, you don't have to respect it, but you also have to understand that if you break it, there are consequences. Um, And those consequences range from having your stuff taken down off YouTube or, you know, off YouTube or Twitch or Facebook or whatever, up to hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. Um, Like I used to work for a radio company and every once in a while we'd screw up and we'd post a photo that someone else took and we didn't have the right you know, stuff for, and it costs us hundreds of dollars every single time, every single time. And there's nothing you can do about it because you broke a law. And whether you agree with that law or not, I mean, I guess you could break the law and keep paying the fines, um, with some sort of form of protest, but whatever. And like this whole Twitch thing to me is kind of the same where if you're a hobbyist, sure, like maybe it can be excused from, you know, not knowing what copyright law was, but I mean, you don't Twitch at all, Cole, right? You've never, you've never, you barely watched Twitch. Nope. But if if I said, hey, you can you can stream music on your on your Twitch stream, and people can listen to it while you were playing, would you have gone? Well, that doesn't seem legal. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, <laughs> like you, uh, that's weird that I can't do that on Facebook or YouTube <laughs> or anywhere else in the entire world, but I can do it on it, Twitch. It's weird. A couple of games I've played have made it so you can turn off the music that uh, yeah, right, playing yeah, and so. I have a hard time with people claiming they, they just didn't know that that would be a problem. And then on top of that, I have a problem with people going like, well, they've never DMCA'd me before, so I guess it must be okay, because that's also not how it I've, works. I've never been pulled over for speeding, and it's not because I don't speed. <laughs> right? And so, like, I kind of... People are just so mad that all of a sudden all these VODs that they work so hard got pulled down. I'm like, well, if you care enough about your VODs to post them, and you post them for the reason that you're trying to build an audience, why are you doing illegal stuff in those VODs? Like this is, you, you are trying to build a business at this point, right? And that business might make you a small amount of money. That business may make you a large amount of money. Why, why would you do that? Like if I was going to make movies for a living, I would not just put music in them because I know that's illegal. Like that's going to come back to bite me. You can't be a filmmaker and not clear your music. It just doesn't work that way. And so I don't know why people think you could be a content creator on Twitch and not clear your music. And I don't understand why anyone's mad. Like you did something wrong. You did something that you should have known was illegal. Like if, if you didn't, if you are a, casual creator and you didn't know it's legal cool you got it stuff got pulled down who cares like you weren't doing it professionally anyway but if you're any level of professional at this you should know better and if you don't know better that's on you not on twitch so i don't know is is that am i wrong cole I don't know. I hate laws. I do so too. Maybe I'm not the best person to ask. But I think that's the thing is, is like I said, I understand that the copyright is dumb. Like the fact to me that like, the fact to me that, do you remember that Enola Holmes thing that came out on Netflix? Like, I don't know, two oh, yeah, months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's good. It was, it was a fun show. Like, 
Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain. Like, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle kind died. Of. Yeah, th- but that dude's been dead for what? A century? Yeah. You know? And it's kind of in the public domain based on, like, which part of Sherlock Holmes you're talking about. And because she... Like Sherlock Holmes can't have, like, an opium addiction because that's in the books from the 20s, uh-huh. which are not in public domain. And I'm like, come on. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Like, I don't agree with copyright. But I also understand that as a content creator, like, I mean, that's the reason I can't put music in this podcast because I understand, like, it'd be awesome to be able to have, like, a real, like, how cool would it be if our intro and outro was video game music and a different song every week? Like, I don't actually have time for that, but how cool would that be? Or if I said, hey, what's your favorite song? And we played a 30-second clip of it. And, like, is that fair use? Maybe. Am I going to go to court to defend myself against that? Absolutely not, which is why I don't put music in my podcast. Because agree with that, Laura, disagree with it. I don't have the money to fund a yeah. lawsuit. And, and that's the thing. A lot of podcasts do. And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those, like, could be an issue. Uh-huh. You know? And, I mean, and I guess the thing is. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Have you ever looked at, like, what the fines for that is? It's, like, $150,000 per infraction. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to prison because I put music in my podcast. I'm smarter than that. And. I expect Twitch streamers to be smarter than that, too. So, whatever. That's probably enough about that. All right, let's talk about another behemoth company that I guess is doing something nice. We'll see. Uh, Apple, who is currently being sued by Epic, or they're suing each other. I don't understand anymore. It doesn't matter. I think they're both stupid. Um, Millionaires fighting billionaires. Yeah, right. Millionaires fighting trillionaires. I don't know. Right? I just have, like, (laughs) I don't know. A bunch of capitalism's happening around Apple and Epic, and that's really fine. Whatever. I'm sure it'll end up with nobody being happy, and it'll probably end up costing me money somehow. I'm not sure how, but... (sighs) Whatever. Uh, Apple announced today that they are lowering, lowering the commission they take from smaller developers in the App Store. So currently, if you make an app and that app costs money or that app has in-app purchases or any of those things, it costs uh, you 30%. So if you have an app that costs a dollar to buy, you get 70 cents for every uh, sale and Apple keeps 70 or I'm sorry, keeps 30. Um, today they announced that any app that makes less than a million dollars in annual sales, they're going to reduce that to um, 15%. So that includes app sales and in app purchases. So that means that every time um, Bejeweled call, no, 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 uh, Cut the Rope wants to charge you, mm-hmm. I don't know, $20 a month for access to Cut the Rope, it's only going to cost them $3 instead of the six that it does now. <laughs> Um, assuming that Cut the Rope makes less than a million dollars a year, which I'm absolutely positive that it does not. So um, they say that this actually applies to a large majority of developers who sell goods and services on the store. So pretty impactful. Um, and it puts it kind of in line with what Epic is doing. Epic's share is, I believe, 12%. So this, is, this does not help Epic at all because they sell way more than a million dollars worth of stuff. But I mean... So I've got a question, and this is completely off subject. How is Epic Games worth more than Valve? Uh, Fortnite. Even still, Fortnite sells so much because I mean the difference Almost is double though. The difference, well, I mean, first of all, like company valuation is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Um, but also, like the difference is 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 uh, you know, Steam's only getting thirty percent of all that yeah. stuff. Um. And I mean, literally, it's Fortnite. It's that everyone and their Unreal dog plays Fortnite, as well, and the Unreal the engine. engine. Yep. So yeah, no, like Valve is 
it valued at like ten billion, and Epic is seventeen. Yeah, I mean, if you've if you've, I would guess if you watch that number historically, it's a monstrous hockey stick. I just assume that that Valve was worth so much more because they're so big with Steam. Yeah, yeah, um, and I'm sure. Like, I would guess that Valve's is Valve a is Valve privately held. It might be. Yeah, and so I would wonder about their valuation um, overall because, I mean, I would guess that that uh, they have one very large primary shareholder um, regardless. And that was, I was not trying to say Gaben is, is a big dude. He is a big dude, but that's not what I was saying. Anyway. Are you being fatophobic, Cliff? <laughs> I think that would be the most pot calling a kettle black thing in the entire world. So Come now. I think you are skinnier than Gabe. <laughs> Thank God. I would just be skinnier than someone. That's all I ask. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. If I was worth several billion dollars, like, I don't know. Just eat. You just know what I would? <laughs> yeah. I would I would be him. Ten years down the line, you're like, I don't know. Is there surgery that'll fix this? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> he just shows up with, like, a six-pack and chiseled like, features. That seems like, unfair. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the, the reality, call is if I had Gaben money, I would have a personal chef that would, uh-huh. like, I could, I could get thin because I would have people to assist me in this. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be sitting at home going, like, man, I sure wish the gym was open and not full of COVID. That would be great. <laughs> Like, have you been to my gym? Yeah. Gabe moved to New Zealand for six months because he's like, wow, the United States seems gross right now. (laughs) And only left when they're like, dude, if you stay here much longer, we're going to have to start taxing you. He's like, goodbye. I'm going back to America. Have a concert. I threw it in your honor or my honor or our honor, whatever. Weird dude. I swear I saw him in a food court one time in Seattle. (laughs) Like, swear to God. We were like down the street from the, the, uh, the valve offices. I'm like, is that Gabe Newell? And I'm like, does Gabe Newell eat at the food court? Oh, have you ever seen? It's like, a the, nice the food court of Bill Gates just like waiting in line at like a taco truck. Yeah, I mean, it looked a lot like him. I just like. I also wonder, at what point do you have to worry about being like kidnapped? <laughs> You know, I like, should have I mean, kidnapped Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Newell. But, like, <laughs> come on, Gabe. He's like, he just goes limp. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, like, Bill Gates is, is small. small. I think dude. I could probably just carry him. him over your shoulder. Yeah. It was <laughs> or a- is that when you're like, I can kidnap him and you grab him and you're just instantly brought down by a sniper team <laughs> that follows <laughs> Bill Gates everywhere? I uh, it, was, it was not a food court. I'm trying to remember what they called it. It's in a really hoity-toity mall in Bellevue. Um, they called it a food rodeo maybe i don't know it was it was the food was very good and it was extraordinarily pretentious but whatever is it in the the mall in bellevue that i've been to well there's only one mall in bellevue so presumably yeah Yeah, i've been there a couple times yeah i've been to that food court yeah no probably not because it's new since you have been there never mind yeah it was it was very pretentious they like all the restaurants there have chefs it's that kind of food court uh-huh Ooh, good food though fancy. real good food no taco makers no taco maker there nope <laughs> it's is it do they have the panda express that is just like branded differently they absolutely do not because that's my favorite like the panda expresses that aren't panda expresses but are totally panda expresses <laughs> no it uh, i wish i could remember what they called it because it was it was, it was, it was very pretentious. I, I used to do some work for them. So, anyway, uh, speaking of games that are not pretentious, maybe I don't know. This might be a segue. Overwatch is Overwatch pretentious? I don't know. No. Okay. Uh, Overwatch has this kind of new idea. So you know, no one likes waiting in line for 
their next game to start. And part of the reason that, you know, queues are longer in, in that is because people want to choose what they're playing. So their new idea is uh, they're going to create a priority pass, which will make it so that if you play one of the uh, less popular roles in that game, you will actually get in a game faster. So if you, like, I don't have an idea what are popular roles in that game. Like, I've I actually have played Overwatch relatively recently, but I'm bad at it and I don't understand the meta. Um, but let's say healers are not something people want to play, and I don't know if that's true or not. People who want to play healers will actually queue faster than people that don't want to play healers. And so they'll get in the game faster, but the, the bonus there is is that because those people are getting in faster, the entire line will also go faster because you're not having to to wait for that and uh, teams are filling up faster. So I think that was actually, like, that's the story. But uh, I think it's kind of a, a interesting... An interesting solution for a problem, and I think it will be interesting to see is if all of a sudden people are like, oh man, I could queue faster if I play this this role, and all of a sudden that role isn't the one you want to play anymore because those aren't queuing faster. So in theory, like maybe tanks now drop off because more people are being healers. So in theory, then people can shift back to being tanks and it'll go up. So I don't know, it's an interesting interesting solution. I really like I like what Overwatch is doing with like I mean I should not say this out loud, but I really like how Overwatch is like messing with people's like psychology to <laughs> make their games play better. That's probably actually bad. Maybe that's bad. Whatever. I, <laughs> yeah. It, it'll probably end up being terrible 20 years from now. They'll discover things and uh, Overwatch will like somehow. They'll study it in like psychology. Uh-huh. Things. Like eventually DARPA is going to buy into this <laughs> and we will blow up a third world country um, with technology from Overwatch somehow. I don't, I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm sure it could happen. Um, did you ever watch my favorite? Go ahead. My favorite story is like the you know the the you know how to game people you know classes and the things and it's like oh yeah no the uh, people who created Instagram came out of that and the people who created yeah. Did you ever watch the TV show uh, Better Off Ted? Yeah, that's a great show. Um, yes. it, it's on. I'm I'm actually the one who told you about it. Are you? I swore my yes. old boss Brian did. I mean, he might have, but I was I watched it. Whatever, and told you about great it. show. If you have not seen it, it disappointingly only got like a season and a half. Very funny show, but uh, there's a character complaining one time about how like oh, I hate working here because they just they weaponize everything we make, and they're like, what about those waffles we made? They're like, oh no, they weaponized those too, and that's that's how that's what's going to happen to Overwatches someday. It's going to be just a thing. All right, finally, last bit of news: Ubisoft makes one of their managing directors walk the plank. So. Uh, as you know, like it used to be just that Riot Games was a terrible, horrible, toxic place to work. And then a bunch of people started talking about Ubisoft and a lot of people lost their jobs. Uh, the l- latest person to do it, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Like, I mean, A, he doesn't deserve me trying to figure out how to pronounce his name. And B, I would fail. Uh, what do you think? Hugus Recore, maybe? I don't even know. H-U-G-U-E-S. That's not a name. Biggest dickus. I guess. Anyway, uh, he unfortunately was the manager direct, managing director of Skull and Bones, that pirate game from Ubisoft that looked really cool in like 2017 and has been delayed and delayed and delayed. And they're like, this game isn't working. We're making it into a different game. I'm like, but the other game looked pretty cool. They're like, it's fine. Just it'll, it'll come out eventually. Um, apparently that was being done out of their Singapore office and uh, – he is no longer in charge of that office after they kind of looked around and said, oh, wait, he's a he's a dirtbag. Uh, so he, he is gone from Ubisoft. I mean, 
good on Ubisoft, I guess, from firing people after they found out they were trash. But maybe, maybe there's some way we could have office culture that didn't hire these people in the first place or found out that they were terrible before, like, it was broken by Kotaku, maybe? <laughs> like, I'm just suggesting that maybe there's a way to to get rid of these people before then. Nah, nah probably nope. not. Nope. All right. Before we move on to news, or I'm sorry, questions, um, we didn't get Dylan, we didn't have time to hear Dylan tell us about his games he played this week because Dylan's not here. So I wanted to give Colby the opportunity to tell you about Mr. T the cartoon. Like, this is this is not about video games, but he really, really, really wants to tell you about Mr. T the cartoon. So the Mr. T animated series may be the best show I've ever seen. And you can watch it uh, on... Tubi. Tubi. All three seasons. Wait, what? Um, yeah, three seasons. Huh. All right. It is totally a show that you would look at it and go like, oh, this ran like three episodes and then was just like, let's not talk about that ever again. It ran 30 episodes. Um, it is about Mr. T. Sure. Who is a gymnastic coach. Of course he is. For, I don't know, like eight stereotypical minorities Excellent. would be like the best way with like hey cliff if i said someone's name was um sky redfern <laughs> oh what, no what nationality <laughs> would you think they are oh no <laughs> what about um kim nakamura um so when was this made uh, 1983. Okay, so maybe before people knew better. We'll, we'll give people the benefit I, well, of the doubt, I guess. <laughs> before they were just casually racist. Yikes. Um, I can't remember the uh, Hispanic kid's name, but it's like Carlos Lopez or of something. Of course it is. The, the Italian guy is, it might as well just be like Tony Gabagool. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> Sounds great, Carl. Like Tony D'Amato or something. Anthony D'Amato. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so they are a gymnastics team um who are all in high school and have mr t as their coach despite the fact that mr t is not known for gymnastics no absolutely um, not they're always in like these kind of you know like gymnastic clothes and he is always in his mr t clothes with the gold chains a gold chains vest no shirt absolutely um, and and he is a coach and I, at no point in time did the parents go like that seems weird. Like he he doesn't wear a shirt ever. Um, but also they travel the country as you know high school gymnastic yeah. teams tend to do. Absolutely, including there's one set in Canada, so they are traveling internationally. Yeah. Um, but they also just you know kind of solve really weird crimes. Um, the first episode involves. Let, let me. Well, actually, let me pull up uh, just one of the uh, the the kind of synopsises. Um, so the first one is the mystery of the golden medallion, and it is Mister T and his friends battle smugglers in a plot involving industrial piracy of video games hidden in gold medallions. Sounds fantastic. So in this episode, one of the kids, um, little brother, who also travels with him, who's a probably, we'll go, 11-year-old, who idolizes Mr. T, who is just a gymnastics coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and dresses like him and talks like him. So you have a little white kid talking like Mr. T, which oh, is no. super. <laughs> um, 
And uh, he gets kidnapped. And instead of like going like, hmm, maybe we should talk to the police. They're like, we're a group of gymnastics people. We'll solve this. It's like the stupid version of Scooby-Doo. Um, it's like Scooby-Doo if you replaced, I don't know, Shaggy with Mr. T and the gang with a bunch of, you know, multicultural gymnasts. Um, including a bus driver who appears to be out of some sort of 1940s movie. Huh. Um, it, it is in, it makes no sense. Like it is one of those things that I, I, it is a 24 minute show and I think the first episode took me 45 minutes to get through because I kept pausing it to yell at the TV about how it made no sense. Bill Lamar does a voice in it. It was his first gig. So we'll move on very quickly from this, but I, I don't understand how Mr. T was doing this show and the A team at the same time. Not that either of those shows requires like his full dedication, but like how did Mr. T get his own cartoon before the A team? Well, and that's what I am confused by this timeline because I really figured this was like a like 1985-86 yeah. kind of show because that would be like when Mr. T I think was kind of at his height. Yeah, absolutely. Like that would have been during the middle of the A team. It would have been kind of around like when he was in WrestleMania and like before this he had like Rocky 3 which was really big, but that's it. Like I mean the That's really it. Like he was kind of like a known figure but like here, we're going to give you your own animated show where you play yourself. That seems like weird. kind of a leap. Really big leap. Anyway, I just I know Colby wanted to get that off his shoulders. Um, it was important. I, I want to do a podcast that just spends like three hours talking about each 24-minute episode. I mean, we do have a terrible movies podcast. We could just turn it into a terrible Mr. T podcast. I mean, there's it's like a super a, easy transition call. It is... It is a baffling show, gonna, and you should really watch it. I'm going to watch the first episode during dinner tonight. All right. Uh, questions. First question from Vinny. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, Colby. Hey, oh, Vinny. What's your, uh, what's your question? Vin- hey! Vinny's question is, we've now entered the next generation, which if this was like a morning zoo um, like radio show instead of podcast, like generation would have been generation, 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 generation. It's not though. Uh, instead of talking about the future, let's talk about the past. What is your personal top three games of the last generation? Didn't we do our top game of the last generation? Yeah. So now you get to choose three. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, my, my game of last generation was Red Dead Redemption. Good choice. Um... This is why you should read questions. You go first, Cliff. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I now that you say this, I kind of forgotten that we answered this almost exact question last week. I hope Vinny didn't put this question last week because it speaks uh, very low of our quality control in this podcast, um, which is actually we none. We have quality control? None. Absolutely none. Red Dead Redemption for me, um, probably on top of that, probably Oxenfree and Firewatch. Like, the last only let me have one, and I tried to use all three. So I think those are probably my three. Yeah. That's a, I mean, like it's a, it's such a hard question. I'm just not that person. So many good games. So here's here's like, a, we don't have to answer this Grand question. Auto GTA, yeah. Um, I'm Fallout Four was really good. Super good. Um. So yeah. a statistic that Xbox released with the launch of the X and S um, and their backwards compatibility is that. 
with the new generation of systems, people have already played 3,900 different games across four generations. So, like, how do you pick the best of even a quarter of that? Like, the best out of a thousand games? I guess I, I, I think that's the thing. Like, I. Uh, my problem with that is that I have played so, so many, many good games, games yeah. that, like, I, uh, you know, like, how do I put, like, Stardew Valley in yeah. there? Stardew Valley, I put 75 hours into and loved all 75. But, like, I can't compare that to, say, I mean, like, The Hunter, I put 100 hours into. Um, I had a hell of a good time that playing weird mud runners. Mud runners. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, but I also had a really good time, you know, with. Like I said, Fallout Four. Uh, there's just I have a hard time so choosing my game of the games? last year, let alone the game of the last eight years. Well, and like Destiny and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like I think well, how the much thing time is, did we pour is... into Destiny One and Destiny Two? Uh huh. Rocket and, like, League. I, I... Holy crap! We put five, six hundred hours into Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it. It's not like I mean I look back at like Super Nintendo and. Uh, like there were a ton of good games on like Super. Yeah, but you Nintendo. probably played forty of them. Uh huh. Yeah. Like like I. You and beat that's sixty games this year. <laughs> uh huh. Like yeah. and and so that's kind of my problem. Where like I played so many good games in you know the last. I mean, what was that? Two thousand thirteen yeah, to yeah. now. Like like I said, Red Dead Redemption Two is probably my favorite game of all time. Yeah, yeah. So that's easy to choose. But like past that, it just gets to like well, I really like this one. Well, I really like that one. That one was really good. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, our deacon, who is the fine fellow who is now managing our website. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it, man. Can I call him Radeacon? Radeacon? Sure. I don't think he'd care. Uh, says, with the current list of next-gen console issues, I saw that the, PC, or the PS5 had issues. There's definitely been some reports of Xbox things not working quite how they should. What was the worst console launch based on issues found after the new consoles were in the wild? And so I would say, like, you've got you've to, like not count like the OU or whatever it was called. <laughs> Wii U? Wii U, yeah. Wii U? I don't remember. Uh, All I know is it's like O-U-Y-A and the only person that owns one is Mansox. Um, this is a tough one. Like the one that affected me the worst was probably the CD drives in the original Xbox. Xbox. Yeah, which like pissed me off to no end but I made it like a hundred bucks off of it which is kind of weird. Yeah. So... Um, if you don't know the history of the original Xbox, the original Xbox had uh, a DV drive made by three or three four own. different manufacturers. Three. Yeah. And some of them were made by reputable companies like Philips. And some of them were made by companies you've never heard of, call, like companies called like Thompson. I unfortunately had one of the Thompson drives and they failed. They just failed. And there was really not much you could do about it besides like rip your like Xbox apart and try and replace the drive and hope you got a better one. Um, Xbox knew about it, wouldn't recall it. Super frustrating. Um, I spent a weekend making a website railing against the evil injustices of, of Xbox and then like kind of got it out of my system, put it on the internet, let other people see it. And like for a while, because I, if this was like the early days of the internet, like 2001, maybe, um, it wasn't like today where there's, you know, this would be a million Reddit threads. It was like me screaming into the void on the internet, but I put some Google ads on there and like nine months later, I got a check in the mail for a hundred bucks from Google saying like, congratulations, you made ads. And I'm like, well, sweet. (laughs) By that time, I probably already had an Xbox 360. So that was super frustrating. I would say the Red Ring of Death was probably actually the worst, um, but yeah. I never had one. Like, my OG Xbox 360 still works. I, 
I think that was probably the biggest one. I don't know, like, all of those kinds of, like, all console issues, I think, suck. But I also think that, you know, like, when you put out 65 million consoles, yep. you know, if, if 1% fail, yep. that's still a big I mean, number. that's the thing, is if PlayStation actually sold through 5 million consoles, which was kind of their, I don't want to say their goal, but that's what they said. They're going to have 5 million consoles before... Um, December 31st, I think. So if they sold through all of those and it's 1%, that's still, what, 5,000 consoles? Is that how it works? Or is it 50,000 consoles? 50,000. Yeah, 50,000 consoles that don't work at 1%. So it's still a lot. And and I think also you think, like, people don't complain because their consoles work. (laughs) Work. (laughs) People complain because their consoles don't work. And so it it seems like it's a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think literally the only console I've ever had an issue with was uh, the the original Xbox. Yeah, same. Other than that, and even that, I don't know if I necessarily had issues with mine. I think we fixed mine just because we knew that there would be. Yeah, issues. yeah. What I what I eventually I did is I just soft modded my yeah. Xbox and just skipped having a disc drive altogether. Worked fine. Yeah. And but like I still have my 360. <sighs> I wish my uh, I wish I still had my OG Xbox. Like it. When I still do. When I moved here, I was like, well, I should see if this still works. And I plugged it in and it made a popping noise and it did not turn on. And so I was like, well, I guess this is garbage now. And like thinking back on it, like it's probably something I kind of like popped open and like soldered oh. something into it. It would have worked, but whatever. It was just a cool yeah. system. 80 gig hard drive. Bam. All right. Uh, next question. Joe Coleslaw wants to know to hap. <laughs> I cannot talk. To hop on the last generation train on its way to obscurity. Uh, he thinks maybe it has three years left in its life cycle. Maybe. Um is it worth getting a Xbox? Like, if, if you don't have the money or don't have the you know means or just can't find an Xbox One X uh, or Series X, is it worth getting a One X or a One S? I mean, if you don't have one, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely, like, I, I, absolutely I, agree. I picked up my One S for $200 or no, $189. Yeah. Um, and like it's still really solid um you know are you going to get the huge graphical and the loading and all that kind of stuff no but i it probably also really depends on you know you you mentioned it's it's you know what kind of netflix are, user are you yeah. are you the person who's like oh crap there's a bunch of stuff on here i can watch or are you like well, crap, this movie that just came out of, yeah. you know, the theater isn't on Netflix. This sucks. If you're one of those people that's like, oh, I just want to play some games and, you know, think, I think it is 100% worth it. You can probably pick up an Xbox One S for, I don't know, 150 bucks would be you my guess. You actually can't. Um, yeah, they, they stopped making them. I was actually kind of surprised. Um, I looked over the weekend because I have a, a OG Xbox One and an Xbox One S that I'm going to sell. Um, yeah. And I was really surprised that they're selling for like 250, 250 bucks. If you bug me enough, maybe I'll like get under my stairs and test to see if the Xbox I have under there still works. Maybe I'll just send it to there you. you. I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, no, I 100% think. Yeah, I think an Xbox it. One S or a One X plus Game Pass could keep you mm-hmm. very, very happy for a number of years. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I had the money saved for a. Uh, xbox and then i needed like you know rent um and so like i don't know when i'm gonna get mine but i'm perfectly happy with my xbox i think it's a fantastic system and unless you're like the only reason to really covet a new one is because you're one of those like i must have 4k 60 
um, or 4K locked 30. If you're like, mm. hey, it makes graphics and graphics are good, like you'll be super happy. I don't, I don't see, especially with their backwards compatibility. I don't see them. I think you've got at least three years that you could be very happy with one of those. Uh, Aslan the Incompetent wants to know, what is one game that you never played that shocks people when you tell them? Oh, uh, I've never played God War game. I have um, only played the newest one. I, I missed almost every Mario game and every Zelda game in between the SNES and the Switch. <laughs> I, yeah, I well, the thing is, I don't think I've played a Mario game since Mario 64. Yeah, literally, mine goes Super Mario World, Mario mm-hmm. Odyssey. <laughs> well, that's yeah. not true. I played a little bit of the one on the Wii, Super Mario Bros, whatever. The one that's on the, yeah. the Switch now. But I've never played Galaxy. I've never played Paper Mario. I've never played... I've never played, like, Majora's Mask. I've never played... I missed a lot of, like, almost any... Any 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 game on the Nintendo sixty four or the GameCube, GameCube or the Wii, I've not played. Yeah, I I don't play a lot of like major tentpole like um, first party games. Yeah. Um, I haven't played most of the Halo series. Eh, I've played some of it. I haven't played I've two, played a three, lot of the four, Gears. or five. I've I haven't played Gears two or three or four. Yeah, yeah. Just not enough hours in the day, honestly. Um, and I mean, honestly, as time goes on, I'm playing less and less AAA games anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my problem yeah. now. So I've got I've got hours in the day, but like, instead, I could be playing some weird indie game <laughs> that I picked up for three dollars. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. All right, uh, the Dons wants to know if you woke up tomorrow and video games had vanished from the face of the earth, what new hobbies would you take up to fill the empty void in your soul? Well, I mean, video games are here now, and I've still got that empty void. So. <laughs> I uh, I read a lot. I could probably just read more. <laughs> um, I am actually like, I don't know, 55% of the way through writing a book. I would probably have that book finished if I didn't play so many video games. Um, I actually picked it up the other day. I actually started, started writing on it again. So I'd probably be finished with college. <laughs> um. I, I, I love video games and I they are absolutely what I want to do the very most. But uh like if they didn't exist and I didn't like if 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 video games existed and I for some reason couldn't play them, that would be horrible. But if video games just didn't exist at all, like I'm sure I'd find something to fill my time. I don't think that would be terrible. But man, like if they existed and I couldn't play them, that would be horrible. I'd probably just be depressed more, or at least more visibly depressed. I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd hike more, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Drink. Drink. Ooh, Drinking's, drinking's great. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, I haven't done a ton of drugs, Yeah, but maybe I could start. Start. There's no reason not to, Cole. Uh, adding, like, I think kind of a, a, like a good follow-up to that question is Princess Megan wants to know, what is your favorite stress-relieving game? I guess, I guess the first question is, do you play games to relieve stress? Not really. I think I used to. Um, I just don't... I I don't know. Interestingly enough, Diablo is absolutely my go-to. Um, yeah. And in Rocket League, if I can play it casually, but I have a really hard time playing Rocket League <gasps> casually. Like, Rocket League with 
like five other people in a multiplayer game is a really good stress reliever. Like Rocket League, me versus other people is a very bad stress reliever. But yeah, Diablo has always been my kind of go-to. Like, let's just go click on things and watch them explode. Explode, yeah. I get that. I just, I don't know. I've... I don't think I've ever really played video games to relieve stress. Yeah, no, and it's absolutely um, something I do. I think I play them because I enjoy them. Like I, I think a lot of times video games stress me out more than like relieve. Them. And I think that's I get frustrated a lot yeah. easier with video games than I do just about anything. And I think that's like the trick is I I have to, it has to be a game that like I'm not gonna die a lot. Like it's you know it's, honestly it's why I play games on easy. Is because yeah. that I'm not frustrated, and because yeah. they have. I still get frustrated. Yeah. Well, uh, some games aren't easy enough. Goal. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I was I was playing Sundered, and my kid was having a bath. And my wife was up there, and I uh, went upstairs. And she's like, "Were you talking to someone downstairs?" <laughs> I'm like, "Did it sound like yelling?" She's like, "Maybe." I'm like, "Were there a lot of swear words?" She's like. I heard a few. I'm like, yeah, now I got to a boss and like <laughs> got him down to like, I don't know, 3% health and then died. Might have said some things. <laughs> That's like, funny. All right. Uh, the big dog, Eddie, wants to know what video game leading lady would you marry? So assume your wife was hit by a UPS truck call. Okay. I mean, I guess she could have died peacefully some way too. <laughs> 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 It's up to you. You kill your wife how you want to. Mike's getting hit by a UPS truck. Um, which probably means I get a decent UPS settlement, too. I gotta yeah. assume. Which video game leading lady would you marry? A leading lady? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, it, it can be any lady. It's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get uh, Laura Croft, but circa, like, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I could just stack stuff on her boobs. I mean, you know, like... It slides right off. Right off, but, you right know. off. Um, like Bandetta is nice because like she didn't buy clothes. Like, you know, that's a bonus and you know, women in their clothes, clothes right? Yeah. Doesn't need closet space. It's, I mean, there's some real bonuses there. We'll never bitch about not having a walk-in closet. Um, I would guess there's probably a, like a hair care budget there that, that counteracts yeah, that probably. Um, who's the, who's the chick? I can never remember her name from, uh, Borderlands. I think she's my type. Tiny Tina, not tiny, not or, tiny Tina. I can't remember her name. Um, uh, I only like. I could probably just look for like, I don't know, horny Borderlands Two cosplay. Let's see what that brings up. Borderlands Two cosplay. Oh, that's the first link's a Pornhub video. That's not good. Sweet. Let's not go there. Mad Moxie. In the background. It only took. It, it didn't take too long. I think she might be my type. Yeah, I, but is she a leading lady? I mean, close enough, right? She's my leading lady, Cole. I don't know. That's like, true. I mean, what, what past that? Like, I don't know. Zelda. Like, I don't. I don't know. Hell yeah. Peach. I'm, I'm going with who is uh, like Zelda's guard in. Uh, Ocarina of Time. We just discussed that I did not play that game. Yeah. I can't remember her name. I don't know. I there's there's not a lot of leading ladies. There's not. Maybe maybe this is ultimately the problem. Uh the the chick from uh what was that like running game? Mirror's there Edge. There you go. She seems cool. <laughs> like Quap. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, what's her name from Portal? <laughs> 
Shell. Shell. There you go. Uh, we need better choices. That's the moral of this story. Mansox wants to know, what's your fi- favorite fighting game series? Samurai Showdown, Killer Instinct, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, King of Fighters, etc. I think Mansox has asked this question, but I think it's been like two years, so I'm going to let it get asked again. What's your favorite, Cole? Um, uh, the right answer is Virtua Fighter 2. I think Time Killers I really liked. Is Time Killers a fighting game? Yeah. Oh no 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 yeah yeah. I was thinking about what was the that hologram game? <laughs> time Crisis? Time Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pit Fighter. I don't know. I like uh I I really like what's the Street Fighter versus Bat Woman and Cat Chick game? Cap Oh, Cap Street Fighter versus Cap. Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I like that game I, a lot too. I the last fighting game I played was the Batman one, um, or no oh, Arkham DC? Yeah, no, because no. that's not a fighting game. The Arkham or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, un un. Yeah, I did not play that one. I don't even know what it's <laughs> called. Uh, yeah, more. What is that called? Un injustice. 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 There, you go. there we go. Injustice. Injustice. Um. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, like, I don't really like fighting I'm games. I'm super so. bad at them, too. Oh, uh, Street Fighter 2 is pretty awesome. Street Fighter 2 is all right. V- Virtua Fighter 2 is better. All right. Uh, cheap free games. We're going to talk about some Humble Bundle stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some, let's see, Epic Games or stuff. Things coming in. Some things leaving Game Pass. Uh, so the big uh, Humble Bundle game pass this, uh, this month is called the Humble Sweet Farm Fall Bundle. Um, I hope that money goes to a farm or something. For a dollar, you get Out There, which I've never heard of, and Toad Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, which I hear is a very good game with some very problematic creators. Uh, for $7.76 as of right now, you can get Super Hot, which is freaking dope. Super Hot is such a great game. It's even better in VR. This is not the VR version of it, but I'm sorry. It's cool. Uh, Moonlighter, which I kind of enjoyed. It was kind of a cross between, like, um, I don't know, a... Game where you sell things and a like dungeon crawler roguelike. It was a good time. My kid really wants me to play that. It's fun. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know how much I would have enjoyed it. I only played it for a little bit, but it was all right. Uh, and a game called Chuchel Cherry Edition. I don't know what that is, but the guy in it's real cute. Uh, for twelve dollars, you can get a Hat in Time, another game that is enjoyable if you like three D platformers with a kind of problematic creator who didn't pay his freelancers. Uh, a game called Coffee Talk, a game called Sigma Theory, and a game called Necronator Dead Wrong. I've never heard of any of those. I'm sure they're fine. Uh, for a dollar more, you can also get the Toe Jam and Earl soundtrack. So, you know, spend, I would say spend $8 and uh, and grab that one. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, Epic Game Store this week. You can get Elite Dangerous, which if you're not familiar with, is a, like, a giant, massive... Um, massively multiplayer space simulator. Wait, is it? Is it an MMO? I think so. At least like loosely, like the, the the it's populated by other people. So I don't know if it's like an MMO like Warcraft is exactly, but there are definitely other folks out there. Um, you can play it in VR. Super cool game. Um, I keep meaning to play it and just never have gotten around to it. I own it. I've owned it for two years. I owned it on Xbox. So, I don't know. Maybe I should buy it on the Xbox we can play it together. But that is going to be free on the Epic Store next week. Uh, and then a game called The World Next Door. I've never heard about this, and it looks interesting. Uh, the, like, 
two-sentence version of it is it's a mix of lightning-fast puzzle battles, powerful storytelling, and immersive visual novel elements. Uh, it follows June, a rebellious teen trapped in a parallel realm inhabited by magical creatures who must find her way home before time runs out. So, it could be interesting. Look kind of, like, decidedly indie um, in, like, that kind of you-couldn't-make-this-game-any-other-way. Uh, Game Pass, kind of upcoming. Uh, if you are on the PC, you did not get EA Access yet. You will get EA Access on December 15th. So that is uh, good news for those of you who have Game Pass Ultimate or the Xbox for Game Pass PC. You'll be able to play Madden on your computer now uh, as of December 15th. Also, coming next next month, December 4th, you're going to get Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, and December 8th, you're going to get a game called Call of the Sea, which looks really interesting. It's a, um, oh, who's that racist guy that people make all of the video games off of? Um, you're playing one right now. <laughs> uh, HP Lovecraft. Yeah, it's a Lovecraftian, uh, game that it's kind of, it looks kind of walking simish. The, the lead character is voiced by Sissy Jones, who's a really talented voice actor. So it looks fun. Um, you can actually preload that right now. Um, I don't know anything about it besides I just noticed it pop up today and it looks pretty good. So uh, leaving Game Pass December 1st, Dead Island Definitive Edition, which we never beat. Bummer. Uh, Absolver, which is a really good game that's really hard. I wish that game had an easy mode because I really, really, really liked Absolver and I just couldn't get any further into it than I did. Um, the Escape is 2, which is also really good. Wander Song, which I thought looked really good and then Colby told me I was wrong. Um, Demon's Tilt, which is a pinball game. You played it. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden, which is actually a really good game. It's a fun kind of turn-based strategy game. I haven't heard of these last yeah, two. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Hateful Boyfriend, but don't know anything about it. And I've never heard of Feria. Fairy. Uh, I, I don't know anything about that either. But so those are all leaving. Okay, so finally, we're to, we're to Troll Corner. Tim Sweeney, Epic Games, locked in an epic battle. Ooh. So... So it's not Hateful Boyfriend. Oh, really? It's Hatafuel? H-A-T-O-F-U-L Boyfriend. Oh, interesting. It's a Japanese otome-based series where all the characters, except its faceless heroine, are birds. Oh, interesting. All right. So I guess it's leaving. You've got two weeks to play it. Uh, Tim Sweeney, Epic Games, locked in a court battle with Apple. And... This, this is a good quote here. You're going to love... Like, it starts out very, very fine. And then it takes this turn in the middle that you're going to enjoy. It's everybody's duty to fight. It's not just an option that somebody's lawyers might decide, but it's actually our duty to fight that. If we had adhered to all of Apple's terms and, you know, taken their 30% payment processing fees and passed the cost along to our customers, then that would be epic co- colluding with Apple to restrain, restrain competition on iOS and inflate prices for consumers. So, going along with Apple's agreement is what is wrong. And that's why Epic mounted a challenge to this. And, you know, you can hear of any, and inaudible, to civil rights fights where there were actual laws in the books and the laws were wrong. And people disobeyed them. And it was not wrong to disobey them because to go along with them would be collusion to make them status quo. So, Colby, in case you were wondering. You you know it was legal. (laughs) Concentration camps and the Holocaust. (laughs) I'm Tim Sweeney. (laughs) Tim Sweeney is saying that his battle to make Apple charge him less to put Fortnite on the App Store is the same as fighting systemic racism in the 60s. We shall overcome Tim Sweeney. (laughs) Oh, what a dickbag. Like, there's just no... (laughs) Like, who... 
you, you know like how we had the like i don't know rbg and john mccain like looking down from heaven like political cartoons can we get one of like medgar ever medgar evans and like mlk just like just glaring <laughs> Sigh, at tim sweeney, tim sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> I I read that because I like kind of saw some like you know stuff on the Twitterverse or whatever about it, and I was like, what what could he have said? And then I read it, and I was like, <laughs> oh man, like nobody but like a extraordinarily white tech billionaire could have said that out loud and not immediately gone, oh no 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 no, I like. Get someone to read do, your speeches you, first, Tim, because that's not a good one. Do you wonder, like, if they get, like, halfway through and just do the essential, like, well, we're just going to tweet through this kind of, like, thought process? Because I think I get to, like, it's like the civil... Uh, never, never mind, mind. <laughs> never mind. Let's go back to Let's go back to the first part. Oh... Anyway, Tim Sweeney's follow-up reply to TechCrunch posting about this was, it's a good article. Hey, critics, please read what I said and tell me if it's actually wrong. When the rules were wrongful, it was right to disobey them. That's the comparison to the civil rights movement. Tim, that doesn't make it better, buddy. That's not, that's not better. Slavery actually was legal, guys, and that's why Apple's bad. Oh, the comparison wasn't to the wrongs being fought. There's no comparison, but to the means of fighting them. The question that was directly asked was why Epic broke Apple's rules. The answer is the principle that it's right to disobey rules when they are wrongful. I do not disagree with Tim Sweeney. This is not a this is not a law, Tim. This is not a rule, Tim. This is Apple saying if you want to play in our playground, you have to pay thirty percent to play here this isn't do you remember do you remember when when tim sweeney marched across selma and apple like sprayed him down with like fire hoses and set dogs loose on him i i, I don't but it must have happened anyway tim you're making it really 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 hard for me to defend you against apple i mostly just want you both to be wiped off the face of the earth like <laughs> apple doesn't exist epic doesn't exist everyone's happier it'll be fine <laughs> all right uh that's us for this week i think you can find more about us at bybepodcast.com thanks to rich you can find us on facebook and twitter and instagram thanks to me um you can find us on discord at bite me contest bite me podcast slash discord thanks to all the people that come to our discord and chatter around in there there's some very cute cat pictures lately if you like cats i suggest you go uh check out our uh cute critters part of our discord it's good stuff uh and you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash bite me podcast you can support colby by just sending him cash directly or as we talked about earlier fancy cheeses no cheddar he wants something fancy like so that i can resell gooier Maybe I want to be able to like like say its name. Mm, some sort of stinky French cheese. Well, I probably can't say its name. <laughs> I can describe it. You're like, this is cheese. It's stinky in French. All right, I have a pizza in the oven. I'm gonna go eat it now. So uh, I guess it's up to you, Cole. Bite me. Good job. Bite me.